Good morning, everybody. So glad that you chose to be here. My name is Carla Chestnut. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online. So last April, five friends and I walked the final 100 kilometers of the Camino de Santiago, the Way of St. James in northern Spain. The Way of St. James is like the same St. James we read about in the Bible, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John, a friend and a disciple of Jesus. So legend says that after St. James was executed in Jerusalem for spreading the good news about Jesus, his friends were able to get his bones and they put them in a stone boat. I'm just repeating the legend, stone boats don't float, but they put his bones in a stone boat and they landed in Spain and they're buried in what is now uh, the city of Santiago de Compostela. This is the end of the Camino. It's my friends and I standing in front of the cathedral. Now, my friends and I all had really different reasons for walking the Camino. My reason for going was I absolutely love history. I love new places. I love meeting new people. I love the five people that I was walking with. But my goal for the trip was to practice being present in the moment with no distractions other than nature and the friends that I was walking with and this rhythm of one foot in front of the other. And what I took away from the Camino wasn't this grand revelation. It was just a few good confirmations. My confirmations came from this unexpected power of walking the same path that Jesus' followers have walked for 1,200 years. People have been making the pilgrimage to the Cathedral of St. James for 1,200 years since the ninth century. And I experienced confirmation that journeying with Jesus is where true life and purpose is found. And I want to keep following Jesus. The second thing that became so clear to me is that when you follow Jesus, just like when you walk the Camino, it's really all about people. People are important. All people, all the time, everywhere. And that seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But we all know the distractions of life. The distractions of work, sickness, health, comfort, change, success. The distractions of failures and politics and religion and division and side-taking on every imaginable issue. They distract us from our journey with Jesus and the importance of people. So we are in this series about grit, right? God, relationships, intentional inspiration, training and trials all to help us develop the strength we need, the grit to get through life. Because we're going to need more grit than we can find all by ourselves. And Jesus invites us to follow him, and that takes grit. Jesus, fully human and fully God, walked this word, world, and he demonstrated with every single word and every single action that people are important. I think if you ask Jesus what it's all about, I think he would say it's God and people. It's all about people. If that's true, then it's also about the relationships we develop with people. 
because relationships can build spiritual strength. Last week, Alice taught how God strengthens us with power. God's power and strength comes through this long, high, wide, deep pool that is the love of God. And that love somehow gets rooted inside of us. And through Jesus then, we have access to the full love and presence of God. And so much love, so much love, that it actually just fills us up and then starts to pour out of us onto the people around us. That's the vision of the kingdom of God. So that brings us to the focus for today, the R in grit, relationships. And this is the single thing I want you to think about today. Relationships require us to share some of our spiritual strength when people need it and rely on spiritual strength from people, from others, when we run low. That's the focus of the day. So I want you to think about the life of Jesus. He demonstrated how important people were, are through everything he said and did. He loved people everywhere he went. Jesus also had this core group of 12 really good friends. And then he had a deeper relationship, a deeper friendship with three of his disciples, Peter, James of the Camino, and John. So if we wanna follow Jesus, we have to follow his lead. We have to build and invest and take time to have relationships with people in our life. So I wanna talk about a story that we find in the Bible about Jesus. This is at the very end of Jesus' life just before he was arrested. And each of the gospel writers in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all tell this story. So that tells us it's important. And it shows how much Jesus relied on the spiritual strength of his friends. So in this story, I want you to notice that Jesus, Jesus needed more spiritual strength than he had on his own. So he turned to God the Father, and he turned to his friends to find the grit to go on. So this is the setting for the story. Jesus and his disciples have just finished their last meal together. They're in the upper room. We call it the Last Supper. Right before they ate, Jesus washed the stinking, dirty feet of his friends, and he looked each one of them in the eye, and he said, as I have done this for you, you do for one another. Follow my example. And then after the meal, Jesus and his friends left the upper room and they walked out into a dark and dangerous night. That's the setting. And we pick it up in Matthew 26, 36. And remember, we're trying to get our heads around this idea, this truth that Jesus needed the presence and support of his friends. That's a big idea. So after the meal, Jesus went off with them, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. So Gethsemane is either on or near the Mount of Olives. What do you think was grown there on the Mount of Olives? Olives, correct. Olives were grown there, they were picked, and then they were pressed and crushed and squeezed. Crushed to make olive oil. And Jesus chose this place to go and pray with his friends before he endured this crushing agony of the cross. So when they arrived at Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there to pray. And taking with him 
Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, same James of the Camino, taking them with him, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus wanted and needed his friends with him. Jesus wanted and needed the spiritual strength of his friends to find the grit he would need to face the cross the days ahead. If Jesus wanted and needed spiritual strength from his friends, how much more do we? And the story continues. Jesus went a little farther into the garden and then he fell with his face to the ground, crying out to his father for relief, for a way other than the cross. And Jesus ended his prayer with not my will, Father, but your will be done. I will do what you want, God. And then he turned to his, returned to his friends and he found them sleeping. His friends fell asleep. And he said, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? So I want you to look at this. I think this story is familiar to a lot of us, but I missed the with me part, the with me's, and taking his friends with him. He asked them to stay here and keep watch with me. And then couldn't you, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? This is all about withness, spiritual strength that relationships can provide. They can provide the grit we need to face life. And then the story ends with Jesus going back into the garden two more times to pray. And each time he comes back to find his friends asleep. Jesus poured grit and spiritual strength into his closest friends when he needed it, when they needed it. And then when he needed it, he tried. He tried to draw strength from them. And I believe they'd tried their human best to provide it to him. I believe that that's true. But if Jesus needed his friends in his darkest hour, how much more do we need the support, the presence, the encouragement from people during our struggles, our big and our small struggles? And this is the truth, and you all know it. These kind of relationships, they don't just happen. They just don't pop up when you need them. Relationship grit is developed when we invest and we build friendships with people over time. It's the only way to do it. So now, I want us to think about relational grit, these investments in friendship and uh, spiritual strength like a giant pool, like a vat of spiritual goodness, uh, strength and from relationships, just this huge pool. And I want you to think that every time we invest in a relationship, every act of care, every, uh, every time that we're able to offer love or support or forgiveness or a kind word, a meal, a listening ear, a prayer, every time a friend or family member is just silently present with us, and awake when we're facing something difficult, those kinds of things just fill this relational reservoir of spiritual strength. And every one of us, 
every single one of us at one time or another will need more grit than we have to go on. And when this happens, we need to turn to our relational reservoir of spiritual strength and ask for help from our people, from our friends, from our families. So I'm gonna call these moments that we find ourselves needing more grit, time in the middle. All of us are gonna need some time in the middle, kind of like the opposite of monkey in the middle, okay? This is actually where you're being poured into so you can have more strength. And eventually, every single one of us is gonna need time in the middle of that reservoir. So think about the story of Jesus in Gethsemane. Jesus needed to take a turn in the middle of his friend's love and support and presence. So I want you to think about your life. And I saw some of you walk in this morning. I want you to think about the lives of the people you know and care and love. When have you needed to draw from the reservoir of spiritual strength? Was it after an unexpected phone call? A pink slip? A kid doing or saying something that you never saw coming? When, you've, when have you actually taken a friend by the shoulders and looked them in the eye and said, I will stay with you? I will bring you food. I will be a listening ear. I will walk your dog and I will pick your kids up from soccer. When have you done that? What has taking turns in this reservoir of spiritual strength looked like in your life? One of my closest friends, one of my pilgrim buddies on the Camino, Mary Beth Bolt-Sterner, has experience with a time of crushing and pressing that left her needing more strength than she had on her own to get through. And she was kind enough to share a little of her story with us this morning, so we're gonna watch her video together. My late husband Darwin retired from Waterloo Fire Rescue at age 55, and six months later, he developed a brain cancer that is called glioblastoma, that even with treatment, proves fatal. So right away, we knew we were on a road that we would need grit for, and that would eventually lead to Darwin saying goodbye to us and meeting Jesus face to face. So our friends and family stuck with us on that road uh, for 15 months of Darwin's treatment and illness and his death. And then in the aftermath of me facing life as a widow and my kids and grandkids just grieving and missing their dad and grandpa so much. Our friends and family did not shrink back. Not at all. They provided emotional scaffolding um, and support. They offered so much practical help just on the day to day. Um, and they offer, also offered us um, just a wordless presence when the waves of despair uh, were so strong that they left me wordless too. So I think that we often think about grit as being gutting through. You need grit too, just to be in the middle, to stay put. 
I felt so needy. And that is a super uncomfortable place to be in when you're someone whose hero is Teddy Roosevelt and when you think rugged individualism is kind of where it's at. The other thing is, is that it's also a super uncomfortable place for um, the people that are outside trying to help the person in the middle. You know, the people that are the listeners and the helpers and the truth tellers. So essentially, Everyone is uncomfortable. Then here's the thing that happened to me that was unexpected. Last August, I remarried. And it was these same friends and family um, that I got to celebrate with. And what I discovered is that the collective pit of pain that we had experienced directly played into the heights of the joy that was present at our wedding. Um, it was holy, it was unforgettable. I think that grit then develops consequently by our time in the middle, but also by our time helping someone who's in the middle. Uh, and Jesus calls us to both and he strengthens and equips us for both. Spiritual strength, grit, can develop during our time in the middle, but also during our time helping someone in the middle. And Jesus calls us to do both. Thank you, Mary Beth. Both of those things make a relationship. And it takes grit to admit you need time in the middle, to allow people to share their spiritual strength. Mary Beth said most of us feel uncomfortable being the needy one in the middle. Most of us would rather carry it by ourselves. We wish we could. We're the people of the stiff upper lip, aren't we? The grin and bear it people. Our, the, the voice in our head says, don't bring people into pain. But that's not grit. That's just your ego talking, just your pride because it takes grit to do the one doing the caring too, right? It takes grit to be the one who cares. We often don't know what to say. We often don't know how to help, and it really hurts to watch people live in pain. This is not easy stuff. It takes grit to share our spiritual strength with people when they need it, and it takes grit to rely on spiritual strength from others when we run low but that is what real relationship means. So did you hear Mary Beth say, the collective pit of pain that was experienced through Darwin's death drew from the same reservoir, the same pool of spiritual strength that fueled the joy, the joy-filled celebration when Mary Beth remarried. It all came from the same reservoir the ability to walk through grief and pain and the ability to celebrate and experience great joy. And that is good news. That's the way that God gives us spiritual strength through each other. So now I want us to zoom out. Let's think about looking at this giant reservoir of spiritual strength from like an airplane at 30,000 feet or maybe even from the International Space Station this relational reservoir 
spans continents and oceans. It's incredible. So, for almost 20 years, people from Orchard Hill Church, Food for the Hungry, and community leaders in this area of Mozambique, Africa, the center of Mozambique, have been investing in and building relationships. People from Orchard Hill Church, staff members from Food for the Hungry, and community leaders in central Mozambique, Africa, have been building relationships with kids and families. The goal of these relationships is to end physical and spiritual hunger, providing children and families the grit they need to rise and to thrive. And in the last few months, like Brenna was telling you, in the last few months, orchard people who sponsor a child through Food for the Hungry in this area have been receiving letters that begin by saying, today we celebrate a victory. The community of Gorongosa, this little tiny community, where so many Orchard Hill people sponsor kids was devastated by extreme poverty. Such immense physical and spiritual needs and pain. But today, because of relationships built in Mozambique between kids and families, the FH community workers, and relationships between child sponsors and families at Orchard, we're having like a graduation party in our atrium. What does that even mean? Well, the letter went on to say this, the people in Gorongosa are now fully prepared to assume responsibility for the needs of their children. Parents who were unable to provide an education or shelter or medicine or food for their kids are now a part of a community that together have the grit to be responsible for what their children need. And we're gonna have a party to celebrate because why wouldn't we? There's cake. Every single one of you is invited. This amazing thing happened because of God's great love, because of this enormous spiritual reservoir of strength through relationships that can extend over continents and oceans, powered by the love of God. I want to drive this home. Because of this reservoir, a little Jesus-following community in the Cedar Valley gets to celebrate a community graduation in Mozambique, Africa. Think about the amount of spiritual strength we gain from the fact that that's true. It's joy, it's beautiful, it's a celebration. So I want you to leave today remembering this one thing. Relationships can provide spiritual strength, grit that we need, but it's a two-way street. Sometimes we have to share our spiritual strength with someone in need, and we have to be willing to receive spiritual strength when we run low. I wanna close with just a few things you can do as you walk out of here. If you're doing that relational reservoir assessment in your brain and you think your reservoir's running low, it's not too late. You can start today to continue to invest, to build relationships with people, to get in that flow. So who are your people? If you want to follow Jesus, relationships are not optional. What does this look like in your life? Who can you share some spiritual strength with? It might even just be a text. 
And who can you ask to sit with you when you are overwhelmed with sorrow? Have you invested in those people in advance? We all need to put away our pride and start today to invest and to be open to receiving that spiritual strength. And then it's really important to remember that friends aren't perfect. They will always fail us. Even Jesus couldn't pick friends that wouldn't let him down. And that's why grit always begins with God. So listen to Alice's teaching from last week. God is the only fully reliable source of grit available to us. We have sleepy, falling asleep friends who come next. And finally, small things matter. The little things, practical things. Write the card, bake the cookies, make the meal, drive the kids to soccer. Mary Beth told me that for some reason she decided it would be a smart idea to get a puppy while Darwin was going through his cancer and she said her friends came and walked the puppy when she couldn't leave Darwin. Text someone, like return the text, right? The text that's just been sitting there. Tell someone when you are hurting. And remember that you are tapping into this beautiful reservoir that's all powered by God's love. So one last invitation. Share some spiritual strength with a community across the globe in Mozambique where we partner with our friends from Food for the Hungry by sponsoring a child. Sponsor a child in Haiti through United Christians International, a partner of ours in Haiti. Um, it, may, it really matters. It will lend spiritual strength, but you'll be amazed at the spiritual strength you get in return. So let's pray and then we're gonna continue to sing together. Oh God, we recognize and we offer up to you right now the fact that you got everything started. You created our very lives. You created our inmost being. You decided because of who you are that you would fuel our life by love. And then because we just don't get it, God, you sent your son Jesus in the flesh to live as a human being on this world, but also to live as fully God. We don't understand that, but God, we want to follow Jesus. So where our following is weak, God, would you give us strength? And where our following brings us that power and strength that you promised, would you help us to make our faith about people? Whatever that looks like, the way you wired us up. And God, uh, we're just gonna take a moment now and we're gonna lift up the names of the people in our lives that we love, that need a little spiritual strength right now, the people that we've walked with for a long time or the people that maybe we just met. And God, we want to lift up our partners in Mozambique and in Haiti. We lift up John, John, and Christy in Haiti and all of the amazing people who are doing the work that you've given them there. And we, pick up, we lift up the leaders from Food for the Hungry in Mozambique, people like Helena and Lancaster and Elidio and Gilda and Shayla and Carlos and Georgina and Boa. And we ask that your power would move through relationships to bring healing and strength and love. And God, however you do your work, help us to, do, to join you in a way that you get the glory 
you get the honor and the name of Jesus is lifted up. We pray all this in your power and your love. Amen.